we're going to talk about the name and the nature of God. The name and the nature of God. God reveals himself through his multifaceted name. There's 333 names, titles, and offices of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit from Genesis to Revelation throughout the 66 books of the Bible. And the word name from the Old Testament is a Hebrew word, Shem. S-H-E-M, actually kind of pronounced shame. So the, the, the Shem of God, Baruch HaShem, the name of God. The Shem of God doesn't just mean name as in title. That's the least of which it means. What it really means in the, in the Hebrew is it means nature, character, honor, position, and authority. So when you call upon the name of God, you're calling upon his nature. He is good. He is powerful. You're calling upon his authority. He has authority to trump every situation. You're calling on his character, his nature, his name, his authority, his attributes. In the Old Testament, they would go up to the house of God to call upon the multifaceted name of God. A diamond has many facets. As you look at a diamond, from one angle you might see yellow fire. From another angle, a different facet from the multifaceted gemstone, you might see red fire. From another angle, you might see blue fire. From another angle, you might see white fire. Well, which is it? And the answer is yes. So is God merciful? Yes. That is one of the attributes of God. Is your mother merciful? Yes. Can she also become angry when you do wrong? Yes. But does it ever cease for her also being filled with love? So sometimes the way a mother responds to a child might appear to be angry, but it's really out of and anger toward the behavior, not angry toward the child because love is the motivating factor in all the other characteristics and attributes, the power, the authority, and the nature of that individual, a mother's love for her son. How much more God the Father's infinite love for mankind, for humanity. In fact, God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe upon him would not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16 So in the Old Testament, God progressively reveals himself in the unfolding, multifaceted nature of his character, his power, his authority, and his attributes to mankind. So let's just go ahead and start. We'll just say this. What's in a name, we might ask, when it comes to God and his children, because he's also given us his name when we're born again. We become part of the family of God. And this may sound a little bit blasphemous to some when they first hear it, but do you know that when you became part of the family of God, you got his name? He is Jehovah. You become a little Jehovah. Now God's still working the divine nature within us to get rid of the old nature that's been in us through Adam, but Christ in you, the hope of glory, his divine nature, we get to become partakers of the divine nature through the born again experience. Those who are joined together with the Lord are one spirit with him. When you're born again, you're no longer the same creation. If any man be in Yeshua HaMashiach, if any man be in Jesus the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus, Mashiach, Messiah, Jesus the Messiah. In English we call Jesus Christ. The word Christ means anointed one. That's the Greek New Testament word, Christ in the English. In the Old Testament, he is the coming Mashiach or Messiah. In the Hebrew word in the New Testament, in Hebrew texts of the New Testament, he is 
Mashiach or Yeshua HaMashiach, Yeshua, Jesus HaMashiach, the Messiah, the anointed one, the savior of the world. What's in a name? There's a great deal in a name. And if you were called something like snake on the street before you got born again, they called you snake not because you slithered on the ground, but because it was your character, your nature, you were a snake. Big Pimpin'. Those are some of the names of people I knew. He's a shark. And the names go on and on. But when you became born again, you got a new name. They started calling you Rev, Reverend. They started calling you Pastor. They started calling you Preacher Boy. They started you calling Evangelist. They gave you a new name because your character changed, your nature changed, your attributes changed, and what you did and what you bore as a fruit of your lifestyle changed. And when you got changed from the old nature of the fallen Adam to the new nature of the risen Christ, there was a transformation that took place in you. If any man or woman be in Christ, he's a new creation. The Greek word in the New Testament, the original language, is the word, he's a new species of being. There's been a metamorphosis. You got a new DNA in you. You shed off the DNA of Adam and you took on the DNA of the Messiah, the Mashiach, Christ. You got new DNA. You got an upgrade called the divine nature of the Almighty when you got a new name. And so you're a little Jehovah. There's a little Jehovah in you. And he wants to expand on the inside of you. He wants to take you like Peter, who was really Simon Peter, and he says, upon this rock, Peter Petros. If you've ever been to Petra over in the Middle East, it's a huge rock formation with houses in the walls of the rock that are carved out. It's absolutely beautiful. You've got to walk down on foot or you have to go down on donkey. But when you get down there, you see what Petra is. And Jesus says, upon this rock, Peter, little rock, I will build my church. Peter Petros. Peter Petros. The, on this rock of revelation, I will build my church. Not on Peter the person, but on the rock of revelation that Peter got. And he's saying, hey, you're a little piece of the rock. Keep up the good work. I'm going to stone some people through your message. Knock them out. They'll come up a new man and thank you for it with the goodness of God. So when it comes to God and his children, what's in a name a lot? For example, name in the original Hebrew is Shem, Strong's Concordance, number 8034. And it literally translates, and it means honor, authority, position, or character. Gad named one of Isaac's sons Jacob in the Old Testament. Remember, we're talking about the progressive revelation of God's nature and his name in the Old Testament. And we're going to find that when we get to the New Testament, all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in bodily form in Jesus Christ. So all the fullness of the name and the nature of God shows up in the person of Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, he says, you've seen the Father. So if there's ever a question about the name and the nature of the Old Testament revelation of God, questioning whether he's a mean God, a judgmental God, it's resolved in the person and the lifestyle of Jesus Christ because they are one in the same in name, in nature, in character, in honor, position, and authority because the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one and they agree. That means whatever you see Jesus do, that's the nature of the Father. Is that helpful? It's resolved. Well, the God in the Old Testament, he's so mean, he's this and that, he's constantly looking to throw lightning bolts from heaven. No, that's not his character. He is slow to anger. He's swift to mercy. And when you see there's a destruction upon a nation, it's because there's a perpetual ignoring of the commandments of God to the point to where sin stacks up and it requires judgment. But even in Nineveh, where judgment was required, 
when they repented when Jonah came through saying 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed when they went on a three day fast that wicked nation even then God repented of the evil he was going to do we're in America right now as we're broadcasting and America has compromised a great deal to the point to where God's mercy is running thin but even as America if we were to cry out on our knees before God. God's nature is such that he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked repent. If Hitler were to repent, have repented before uh, he, he stepped into eternity, God would have forgiven him. Anyone who would repent, he will forgive. If Pharaoh had repented, he would have forgiven. The problem is, the more we sin, the more hardened our heart becomes and the more difficult it is to repent. Somebody said to me one day, they said, well, David, you know, I'm going to repent at the last minute. I said, you have no guarantee that you're going to know when the last minute is. And repentance is a gift. It is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance, 2, 4, Romans 2.4. So Gad named one of his sons Isaac, or Jacob, literally translated Jacob means supplanter or deceiver, Genesis 25.26. How would you feel if your dad named you, hey, supplanter, deceiver, manipulator, liar? What's going on, liar? What's going on, deceiver? I think I'll name him deceiver from the womb. But God had a plan. This indicated Jacob's character in the early part of his life was a deceiver of his brother Esau out of his God-given birthright. Jacob eventually reaped what he'd sowed for the next 20 years under his uncle Laban who changed his wages 10 times and gave Jacob the wrong daughter in marriage after seven years of hard labor. He got tricked. He got deceived. God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows that he shall also reap whether to the flesh corruption or to the spirit everlasting life. God will not be mocked. Every religion believes in seed time and harvest, reaping and sowing. Some people just call it karma. But it's a biblical law and everybody knows it's real. Oh, he got away with this. He got away with that. Even if they were to get away with it in this life, there could be hell to pay. <laughs> Amen. Okay. But we don't wish that on anyone. We would rather operate and display the character of God who takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked might repent because all of us were wicked in our sins and God's mercy saved us through his son Jacob reaped what he'd sown here's what happened but when God was done changing Jacob's character from deceiver manipulator liar trickster fraud con artist he also changed Jacob's name in the Old Testament after Jacob wrestled with God, he says, I will not let this angel go, Jacob said, until you bless me. Genesis 32, 38, God changed Jacob's name from Jacob, supplanter, manipulator, liar, deceiver, con artist, to soldier of God, he changed him to Israel. So God can change a deceiver's name into a soldier of God. If he did it for Jacob, he can do it for you and me. When we became Christians, God changed our name too. He changed our name and our character from children of darkness to children of light, Ephesians 5.8. With this backdrop, let's study 12 of the Hebrew names of God, revealing God's character, his Shem, from the Old Testament. This should help us better understand the nature of the eternal one whom we serve and who we become partakers of his name. Elohim, God our creator. Elohim is the name that introduces God in Genesis 1.1. So in the very first verse of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, in the book of beginnings, God reveals himself as Elohim. The word can be divided into two parts, two parts, El, which means God, and is connected to his might, power, majesty, authority, and glory. Ohim speaks of his plurality 
in meaning more than one. Interesting. Let us make man in our image, Genesis 1.26. Here God begins by giving us a sneak preview of the revelation of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit creating together. In the New Testament, we understand that there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost, 1 John 5, 7. So in the very first verse of Scripture, God gives a sneak peek based upon his name. In the beginning, God created Elohim, God our creator. The plurality of God is in the first verse. But as it progressively reveals himself, then we find out who he really is. The next, second name is Jehovah, our eternal God. Jehovah is the name of relationship and covenant. God revealed himself to Adam in the Garden of Eden as Lord God. See Genesis 2. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Genesis 2.7. Jehovah is connected to the creation of man the making of a covenant and ultimately the atonement, Jesus being the atoning sacrifice for us on the cross and was hung up for our hangups that we might get a can of act right and get a nature change through the born again experience. God is always worshiped as Jehovah. And we cannot worship him without a relationship through the covenant provided by the Father through the cross. Jesus declared, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No man can go to the Father except by me, John 14, 6. 1 Timothy 2, 5 declares there is one mediator, not two, not three, not 300 million. There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. To truly know God in worship, we must know him by covenant through our relationship, through the blood, the atoning blood of Jesus. The third name, Jehovah El Shaddai, God our supplier. El Shaddai, God our supplier. The name El Shaddai means God of might, nourishment, bounty, and blessings. This actually really included, includes like the female nature of God because out of God comes male and female. God is revealed as male in scripture, but out of his nature includes femininity and so what happens is when you talk about El Shaddai you're talking about the breasty one that can protect you might and power but also provides and feeds you nourishment so this is his character so these aren't just titles they're revelation of his character his provision his power his protection God revealed himself to Abraham as El Shaddai when he promised him a son. El Shaddai, Abraham's mighty supplier, made a covenant with him to multiply Abraham in exceedingly, Genesis 17, 1 and true, making Ab Abraham the father of many nations. Remember, Abraham couldn't even have a child, but God, when he puts his hand upon you, causes you to multiply greatly when you can't multiply on your own. God will take what you do in the natural, put his super on it, and it becomes supernatural. When you take your natural hand at the directive of the Lord and you put, Lord and you put it forth, he'll add his hand to it, and he'll cause it to become supernatural. When Jesus tells you to walk on water and bids you to come, you can walk on water. When he hasn't bid you to come, you'll sink like a rock. Amen? When God tells you to sow a crazy seed and it's God and you obey him and multiply the seed. When you sow a seed and he hasn't, you might lose your seed. So make sure you hear God, not the preacher. Sow a seed. No. Virtualchurchmedia.com forward slash give. Okay. Making Abraham the father of many nations. With this, God changed Abraham's name from Abram, high father, to Abraham, Abraham. Father of the multitude. So Abraham started as Abram, high father. But when God touched him, he changed his name. He changed his nature to Abraham, father of the multitude. Often we get a revelation of God's name. When it occurs, it results in God changing our name. We may not get another last name or even another first name, but it changes our Shem, which is our nature and our character. 
It also changes our honor and position in the community. God will raise up a jet thief and a cocaine trafficker for the Kali cartel after 20 years of prison, and he'll raise him up as a man to marry a woman of God, and together they'll preach the gospel to the nations. Whereas before that, I wasn't fit to be left alone, let alone with other people. But when God changes your name, he can trust you with much bigger things, and he'll change your nature, your character, your authority, and he'll raise you up. And if he did it for me, he'll do it for you because Acts 10.34 says, God is no respecter of persons. All we have to do is seek him and he'll change us. Now, you might not get your microwave miracle on character change. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. Well, all things are become new on the inside, but we have to purge the stuff that's in our old stinking thinking to let Christ in us, the hope of glory, begin to rise. And even as Peter began with Christ and was anointed to heal the sick, cast out devils, cleanse the lepers, and raise the dead, Peter's old nature was strong. Impetuous Peter, what did he do? Simon, Simon. Wait a second, I thought his name was Peter. Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail, that you would have energima, energia, enduring faith. And when you're converted, strengthen your brother. And so what does Peter do? Even though he's walking with Jesus for three and a half years, what's he do? His name was not yet fully manifested in the change yet. He still had some old nature, some old stinking thinking. And what's in the well comes up in the bucket. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And here's what happened. Peter cuts off a centurion's ear. He denies Christ three times. What else does he do? He rebukes Jesus, tells Jesus, oh, that's not going to happen to you. Get thee behind me, Satan. Jesus says, you have not in mind the things of God, but of man. Peter, impetuous in his nature, he's battling the dual nature. The new creations on the inside of him by the Holy Spirit resting upon him. And what's he do? He walks on water with Jesus, but the old nature that he's purging and shedding rises up and he looks at the winds and the waves of adversity and his old Simon name shines forth and he sinks. But his new name, Petros, Peter, a piece of the rock, rises up and says, Jesus. And Jesus picks him up, puts him back on the boat instantly to, there to the other side. We can mess up Thank God for Peter's story where his old nature, his old character pops up even after he's been walking with Jesus for a few years and the minute he cries out and asks Jesus for mercy, Jesus steps in and changes the situation. Let's look at the next name, Adonai. Adonai, Master, Lord. Adonai came forth from Abraham's lips when God came to him and revealed what he was planning to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham became the first great intercessor in Scripture in Genesis 18.3 and also Genesis 18, verse 17 through 33. This demonstrates that the name Adonai is connected to God's lordship and ownership over our lives as well as to revelation of future plans of God and our intercession, working with him as friend. So knowing Adonai, the character of God, that he's merciful, that we can intercede in behalf of a person, a situation, a wicked nation, and we can be a friend of God. Do you know that Abraham asked, why will you destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? If there's 50 righteous, will you still destroy it? And God says, if there's 50 righteous, I won't destroy it. He began to ask God as a friend to intercede. Why? Because... God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that the wicked repent. You realize that every time a wicked person repents, boom, another one's plucked out of hell's fire for eternity, and the work of the cross on Calvary is greater fulfilled that it might be done in earth as it is in heaven. But every time one goes by the wayside and has to go the other direction, I like to say down versus up, 
to the smoking section versus the non-smoking section. Jesus doesn't get joy out of that because his sacrifice was very significant. He gets pleasure when one gets in. So we should have that same desire in nature. Even as God was in Christ, not imputing their trespasses against them, even so Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the God in Christ of the Gospels becomes the Christ in you of the epistles. And even as God was in Christ reconciling the world back unto himself, not imputing or holding them their trespasses or sins against them, even so he's committed unto us that same ministry of reconciliation. Remember, the goodness of God leads men and women to repentance, not the judgmentalness. A friend of mine just posted on social media, there were some ducks, and he was walking with the Bible. As he was walking with the Bible, he was doing this. He had the Bible, he's hitting the Bible. He was thumping that Bible, and the ducks were running, and the ducks were running, and he was giving an illustration that Bible thumpers don't win people to Christ. They run from the Bible thumpers because it is the goodness of God that leads men and women to repentance. And he looked back at the camera and he's like, I don't know why it's not working. So it was a moment in time. So this demonstration of Adonai demonstrates that the name Adonai is connected to God's lordship and ownership of our lives as well as a revelation of future plans of God and our connection with him as friend to intercede that disaster might be averted mitigated down and we get to work with God as a friend we literally get to come boldly before the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and grace in the time of need you know the New Testament says in Hebrews 7 25 that Jesus forever lives to make intercession for the saints of God so we can come to Jesus and Jesus is always interceding for us. We can make the biggest colossal mistake. Jesus isn't angry with us. Jesus is praying and interceding for us that we would be restored. That his labor of love where he stretched out for you and me might be fulfilled in your earthen vessel and mine as it already is in heaven with your name in the Lamb's book of life. Jehovah Jireh, God my provider. God revealed himself to Abraham as the great provider in Genesis 22:14, when Abraham was about to lower the knife to sacrifice his son Isaac. The Lord stopped him in mid-swing and provided a lamb as a substitute for Isaac. This story in Genesis reveals Jesus and the work on the cross thousands of years earlier. The name Jehovah Yireh or Jireh reveals the Lord God providing his son for our redemption and being our provider for all of our needs. You know, what's interesting is the best word for worship that I found, the best translation, is to lick the back of the hand. When a dog, dog spelled backwards is God, when a dog that you own or have stewardship over when you come home from work and you open the door, who's waiting for you wagging his tail? Just excited as can be. And when you put your hand out, he licks the back of your hand. That dog worships, worships the ground that you walk on. You are the one that provides for him his food and his water. And when he makes a mess in the house and leaves you presents, you clean up after him. You might be upset at the time, but you love that dog, and that dog loves you. Now, here's what's amazing. Have you ever left the house, and the dog's, you know, not happy you're leaving, but like, you know, licking the back of the hand, and then you go out, and you get in your car, and you realize you forgot something, and you go back in 90 seconds later. What does the dog do? So excited you're back and ready to lick the hand again. That's worship. When we get that excited about God in our worship and we realize he's our provider, our supplier, the one that gives us our food and our water, and the minute we sense his presence leave and we sense his presence come back again, 
whether it's three seconds, three minutes, or three yes. days, or he's been on vacation for 30 years in your life, but he's coming back even now tonight, even now today into your life, you're excited. God is back in my life. And you want to kiss him and hug him and lick the back of his hand like a dog would. That's a type or a revelation of worship. You know, really worship, we, we can give... We enter his gates with thanksgiving in our heart. We enter his courts with praise. But when we get into worship in the Holy of Holies, we enter his gates, things seen. We can give thanks for those things seen. We enter his courts for those things that we're seeking him for in praise. But worship only comes by revelation when he reveals who he is. And you can receive more from God in the Holy of Holies just worshiping Him than you can ever receive in the outer courts thanking Him or the inner courts asking and seeking Him for things because the Holy of Holies is where all the real stuff happens. Everything else is just a smaller portion of Him. If you seek Him for what's in His hand, He'll probably give it to you because He's merciful. But if you seek Him for what's in His heart through worship, both his hands will wrap around you and meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The name Jehovah Jireh reveals the Lord God providing a son for our redemption as being our provider for all our needs. Based on this story, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Yireh, based on this story, we might even conclude that the Old Testament is often the New Testament concealed and the New Testament is often the Old Testament revealed. So when you read the Old Testament, the secret truths of the revelation that show up in the New Testament are actually concealed. Then as you start to read the New Testament, the Old Testament secrets are revealed. So the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. That's why we don't just read one or the other. We read both so we have the whole counsel of God. Jehovah Rapha, God, my healer. How many love healing? Genesis or Exodus 15, 22 through 26. The children of Israel came to the bitter waters of Mara. Mara, mean, Mara means bitterness in Hebrew. Here God revealed himself to the Israelites as Jehovah Rapha or Jehovah Rapha by healing the waters before their eyes and making them sweet to drink. God made a covenant promise to his people at Mara, bitterness, that he would be their health and healer, sweetness, continually, as long as they kept his commandments and obeyed his voice. Exodus 15, 26, he says, For I am the Lord, Jehovah Rapha, that healeth thee. And those promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Do you know that all the promises in Scripture are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Well, David, I prayed in the name of Jesus, but were you walking in Christ? Or were you walking in your old nature when you pray? The prayer that God heals, hears of the sinner is a prayer of repentance that puts you immediately back into right standing with God that he can hear your other prayers and the promises become living and active. For in him we live and move and have our very being. So if your prayers are not being answered, ask him what the hindrance is. Ask him to invite you into that Holy of Holies where all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus instead of intermittent or hit and miss or Christian roulette wheel. Because when you're in the Holy of Holies with him, his nature now rubs off on us. We get that DNA upgrade. The old nature falls off and his nature shines out. And the enemy doesn't bow his knee to you. He bows his knee to the name of Jesus, which is his nature, his character, his honor, his position. You know, I remember it was 1990. I was in a prison cell in Leavenworth Penitentiary. I had just been born again a few minutes, a few months earlier. And I, I ended up in really, you know, some pretty high-level significant spiritual warfare early on in my Christian walk. And so, uh, if you've not experienced that, just consider yourself fortunate and blessed. But uh, for me, uh, the devil appeared to me in my bed while I was sleeping, came in through a dream, and there was reddish-orange luminous eyes 
hanging over my bed, looking me straight in the eyes, a black luminous haze over my bed. The bed was vibrating like something out of an, uh, an exorcist movie. And uh, I thought it was pretty, you know, tough Tony. I said, you're just angry because you think you've lost this, or because you know you've lost this case, because my case was pending at the time and looked like I was going to get out. And, and uh, the devil said to me, I don't care about that case. I want you. And the frequency in that voice audibly in my bed with reddish-orange eyes staring back at me stood the hair up on my arms. There's no Stephen King or Spielberg movie that can compare to what I experienced that day in Building 63 in Leavenworth Penitentiary in Leavenworth, Kansas with those cockroaches and 16-foot walls the cement floors and the metal bunks and when he said that to me I went from tough Tony to I lost all the bass out of my voice and I said you can't have me I'm a child of God <laughs> and what you don't know is I was getting attacked in dreams and as I would wake up there would be a serpent sliding across the floor and it would be a black serpent with a white stripe and a blue illuminated stripe down its back. It glowed a little bit like neon and would go through the wall. So here is the third experience I've had with the enemy. And now he's in my bed looming face to face with me. And I didn't know the scriptures then like I know them now. People say to me, David, you've got an amazing scripture memory. Well, for me, it was life and death. Because I didn't have an opportunity to go turn on the lights and spin to concordance and fight the enemy. Because our battle is truly not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places, Ephesians 6, 12 through 18, or really 6, 12 through 22 says. But I lost all the bass out of my voice. And the devil was not afraid of me saying, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You can't have me. I'm the child of God. He didn't care about the title of Jesus. He cared about the name, the nature, the authority, the honor, the position, the character. And I was lacking in character. I was lacking in faith. I was filled with fear. And that's the enemy's playground is when we have fear, it magnetizes to his nature. For God's not giving you a spirit of fear, 1 Timothy 1.7, but or 2 Timothy 1.7, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. But Paul the Apostle prayed, I now travail in childbirth for you, Galatians 4.19. He's talking to the church at Galatia that were already born again. So I now travail again in childbirth for you that Christ be formed in you. So we can be born again, but we need to have that nature of Jesus formed in us so that the name of Jesus shines out of us to the point to where that same Peter that denied Christ three times, walked on water and sank, rebuked the Lord, cut off a centurion's ear. Once Peter got filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, came out and he preached a bold sermon and 3,000 were saved. In Acts chapter 4, He's beaten for the gospel in Acts chapter 5. What happens? His shadow starts healing the sick. He didn't invoke the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I command you to be healed. He just walked out and the nature, the name, the honor, the position, the authority, the adumbration, the episkizo in the original Greek language shone out of him. And the sick were healed and demons were cast out because they encountered the Shem, the name, the character, the power of Jesus. So it's not the title that the devil responds to. It's the nature that he bows to in you. There was a man, he was a, uh, an evangelist and he was preaching a miracle service and a couple thousand people were there and a guy starts manifesting demons. And so it's right at the altar call where he recognizes this is the devil's attack to try to get him derailed. We'll have him work with this one demonized guy so the other, you know, 200 don't get saved right now. He recognized it. He says, take that uh, guy in back and 
get him delivered. So he has the altar call, the power of God falls, people get filled with the Holy Spirit, and uh, two hours go by, he's praying for the sick, he's prophesying over people. Anyway, service is over, and he goes in back, and there's like 20 pastors trying to cast a demon out of this guy, and they've got him held, and he's frothing at the mouth, and, and he's like, what is going on here? He says, well, this, this is the guy that you told us to, to cast the demon out of. And he said, that, that was two hours ago. And they said, well, yeah, we've been trying. He says, well, there's got to be 20, 22 of you. And he says, you can't get the demon out? They're like, well, he's throwing people around. He gave Bill, Pastor Bill a black eye and this and that. We've got him held. He goes, let him go. He goes, no, you don't understand. He's very, very dangerous. He says, just, I said, let him go. And they let him go. And he walked right up to the man and looked right in his eyes. And he said, boo. And the demon came out of him. The guy fell out under the power. He got marvelously delivered, filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues through his hands in the air, and he was set free. And the other pastor said, we don't understand. Over 20 of us for the last two hours have been fighting with the demon in this man, and we couldn't get him out. And you came up and just simply said, boo. And he came out. He said, when you walk with Jesus, even the begats and the begots are enough to cast a demon out. But when you're walking in religion using the title, be careful that you don't end up like the seven sons of Siva where the demon in whom the person is leaps on you and controls seven of you and you leave, leave naked and wounded. Get that guy over to the hospital, get him stitched up, and let this man go praise God. So it's the nature that comprises the name. It's the character that comprises the name. It's the power, the honor, the authority, the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit come under the name. So here I was in that prison cell, and I had two choices. One, to stay in the bed and look at those reddish-orange eyes staring back at me in that black luminous haze of the bed vibrating. It was funny that my bunk mate was in the bunk above me and sound asleep. And I know that this was, you know, like a setup between me and, and the devil. And uh, I knew that the serpents had been on the floor the night before. And I'm thinking, okay, demon in the bed, reddish orange luminous eyes, black luminous haze, serpents on the floor. I'm going to do lesser of two evils doctrine. And I got out of the bed and I'm walking back and forth. And I'm a young believer. And I'm like, uh, I, I need the armor guy. I got to have the armor guy. Gotta have the armor of God, uh, the, the helmet of, 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 of righteousness. No, 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 no. The helmet of uh, helmet of salvation. Helmet of salvation. I got on the helmet of salvation. Uh, it's a the shield of uh, truth. Uh, no, the shield of faith. It's uh, the belt of truth. And I, I'm going through it in my mind, right? And I couldn't turn on the lights. I'm in a, an eight by sixteen cell, and the lights are, you know, light switches on the outside of the prison cell, and can't get to it. And long story short, I can't like open up the Bible and and try. I'm I'm in a battle. You don't prepare for a 15 round fight the day you get in the ring. You prepare for a 15 round fight before you get in the ring. And you'll knock out your opponent, hopefully before 15 rounds. But if you've got to go the distance, you train for it. You train to reign, you don't train to lose. And the thing's fixed for us to win if we won't give up. And by the way, it's an open book test. We just have to open the book. He'll bring all things into remembrance that he's spoken to you and me, the question is, have you allowed him to speak to you by reading the word? Successful Christians practice daily what unsuccessful Christians practice only occasionally. Successful bodybuilders practice daily what unsuccessful bodybuilders practice only occasionally. Successful business people practice daily what unsuccessful business people practice only occasionally and if you're going to be successful and led in triumphal procession in Christ Jesus you have to follow the leader and he always leads you in triumph if you follow him so I finally get all the helmet and the breastplate and the belt of truth the shield of faith the sword of the spirit the word of God my feet shod with the gospel of the preparation of peace 
and I'm going to have to go confront this devil because I know I'm not getting out tomorrow anyway, and I'm not going to allow the devil to kick me out of the bed. Plus, I know that, you know, the previous couple of nights there were the spiritual serpents on the floor. So I am ready. I jump right back in the bed. The bed's vibrating. I look back into the reddish orange luminous eyes. Gosh, memories. Memories from the corners of love and worth. And so I said, devil, you can't touch me. I'm a child of God. I got my chutzpah back. And I said, I've got on the helmet of salvation. I've got on the breath. And the minute I said breastplate, before I could get it out, a hand reaches through my chest and grabs my heart and stops it. And I have this vision of the Kansas City Star front page, 26-year-old male inmate dies in Leavenworth Penitentiary last night. And these reddish-orange eyes are looking back at me, bed vibrating, hand through my chest has grabbed and stopped my heart. And I'm paralyzed with fear. And all I can say is, in my mind, God, don't let me die this way. This is how some people die in their sleep. Yeah. Men's hearts failing them for fear. And I said, please, my mother won't know what happened to me. That was my prayer. Wow. And the Holy Spirit on the inside of me rose up in response to me needing Jesus in that moment. And these are the words that came out of my spirit man by the Holy Spirit. Because I had been born again. I was a third perfect. The other two thirds God was working on me, spirit, soul, and body. Soul and body needed some work. Spirit man, perfect, born again experience. And these are the words that came out. Reddish orange eyes, luminous haze, black luminous haze, bed vibrating, heart stopped, all of a sudden these words. Ha! Devil, you're a liar and you're a joke. Ha! The hand came off my heart, that wicked atmosphere and the reddish orange eyes went flying backwards and it went right through the wall. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus, 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 thank you, Jesus. I didn't know about the blood of Jesus at the time. I didn't know about spiritual warfare, but I learned really fast after that because it was life or death. And three times that night, the enemy started to come back through the wall. I could feel it starting to march up my legs to try to crawl back up on top of me. And I said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And I had to use my authority. Jesus delivered me the first time when I was done dealing. But the three times that the enemy came back to try to creep back in, I had to stand. You know, this is the reason why you can cast demons out of somebody in a service today and the demons are waiting on the hood of the car for them when they go outside saying, well, that was interesting. Come on, let's go home. Let's get back into the pornography. Let's get back into the drinking. Let's get back into the lying, the cheating, the stealing. Come on, you know you like it. And people come back in and they need to get delivered again and again and again because the Jesus that delivers them is the Jesus that watches them not contend but allow the enemy back in. You know, God delivers the desperate. He doesn't deliver the lukewarm. He doesn't deliver those that want to be delivered 98%. He delivers those they want to be completely delivered and then the power of God shows up. People say to me, well, David, I want to quit smoking. I'm like, well, how bad do you want to quit smoking? They're like, well, I kind of like it. I go, well, let's not even pray. It might not even be on God's schedule right now. You know, on a scale of one to 10, that might be a two for him. But he might have some other things that are a 10. Let's ask him what he wants to deliver you from. And they're like, you, you, so I, you don't think I should quit smoking? I said, well, I don't think it's good. I mean, you're taking 15 minutes off your life every time you do it. But, you know, that's not my concern. You're going to heaven. Well, you, I, can I go to heaven, you know, smoking cigarettes? I said, well, if you smoke cigarettes, you might get to heaven quicker. You know, it's appointed for man to die the once and then face the judgment. You'll be delivered there because there's a no smoking section there. But you don't want to go to the smoking section for eternity. That's not a good thing. But this is what I found is when people are ready to be delivered, God always promises to deliver us. God always promises to, to deliver us from our enemies. But never once in scripture does he promise to deliver us from our buddies, our friends. And as long as that thing's your buddy, he's not going to deliver you. He's not going to waste his time because the demons are going to be waiting on the hood of the car when you leave the service to go home. Because the enemy knows there's two or three or five percent in you that still likes it. 
and then they're going to come back with seven more wicked than themselves, and the latter state of the man is going to be far worse than the former, says in Matthew 12, 42 through 45. Don't know why we're off on that subject. But that night in the prison cell, I wanted to be delivered, and God set me free. And when the enemy started to creep back in, I rebuked him because I was scared. I didn't want that experience again. The second time, he wasn't able to come back as strong. I sensed the presence of the enemy, and I went after him immediately. The third time, I went after him. The minute I felt him start to march to the wall, I came after him again in the name of Jesus. The nature, the power, the authority, the character, the faith that was in me, and I was delivered, and I never had a problem with that kind of an encounter with the enemy. No more serpents on the floor. No more demon appearing and reaching through my chest and stopping my heart, which is good news, by the way. But people ask me, David, why do you know so much about demons, spiritual warfare, spiritual gifts? How do you know, you know, I've got 20,000 hours in the word. Why? For me, it's life and death. But I really believe for all of us it is. We just don't know it. So we're just going to run through some names and we're going to close out. Jehovah Rapha is God, my healer. Jehovah Nisi, God, my banner. God disclosed the name God, Jehovah Nisi, to the Israelites when Moses lift up the rod in victory and prayer for an entire day while fighting against the Amalekites in Exodus 17.15. The Hebrew word for Nisi actually translates my protection, my banner, my covering, and my victory. Jehovah Nisi is with us today. And I encourage you to pray Psalms 91 over your day as a covering as God's protection. He's your banner. Number eight, Jehovah. Mikadesh, God, my sanctifier. God revealed himself to the Israelites in the wilderness, promising he would sanctify them himself. We consecrate ourselves unto God. He sanctifies us. We cannot sanctify ourselves, and God will not consecrate us. We consecrate and give ourselves unto the Lord. Then he sanctifies. We drive through the car wash, but he does the washing. But we have to show up. And then number nine, Jehovah Shalom, God is my peace. Gideon realized this name of God when the Lord took him from being a man of fear into a frontline warrior leading others into battle against the Midianites. God revealed himself here as Jehovah Shalom and Gideon's fear hiding in a wine press, threshing wheat caused him to go confront the enemy. God will change your nature and turn your fear into faith if you'll go and consecrate. He'll empower you. Number 10, Jehovah Sid Canoe, God is my righteousness. And number 11, Jehovah Rohi, God is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The famous Psalm 23 is Jehovah Rohi, the Lord my shepherd. And there's an old story about a man who would go to this uh, play in Broadway and he would listen to this very famous person end the play with Psalm 23. And as he would end the play with Psalms 23, people would cheer, arousing applause. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Everybody left with arousing applause. And that night, the old man who was a preacher went up and he says, excuse me, he says, do you mind if I do it tonight? And he was kind of caught off guard by the old man. And so the people said, please let him do it. And so the man got up and he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leadeth me behind the still waters. And as he went through Psalms 23, there was no applause at the end. There was no rousing joy. Instead, one by one, everyone walked out in silence and in tears. And the professionally trained actor said, I don't understand. I've never gotten that response from them. That was so much more powerful. I'm professionally trained. He said, you read it and recited it with that voice. He said, I don't understand. They left in tears. It was so powerful. He says, what's the difference? He says, you know the shepherd of the psalm, young man. You know the psalm of the shepherd. He says, I know the shepherd of the psalm. I know his name, his nature. So you can tell the difference when somebody's preaching a message and they just know the message versus when they're preaching a message and they know the messenger, the Holy Spirit. The final name is Jehovah Shammah of Jehovah names. 
the abiding presence. And we all need the abiding presence. Ezekiel prophesies concerning the final days in the name of the city, for that day shall be Jehovah Shammah, or in English, the Lord is there. Ezekiel 48, 35. We are coming into a time when God's presence is going to be fully manifest on the earth, where the glory of the Lord is going to come. For the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is what brings the glory. Amen? Amen. And so let's just go ahead and close out. I just want to say this. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Jesus in bodily form. In Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. If you've ever wondered whether or not the Old Testament reveals a Messiah that will be called God in the flesh, Isaiah 9, 6, he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And he shall be called the Prince of Peace. What does it say? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and he shall be called. Here's his name. Wonderful. Counselor. The Holy Spirit counsels. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 6. This child's name will be Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Who is the Messiah? Philippians, speaking of Jesus Christ, reveals the answer. Who, Jesus, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took on the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, Philippians 2, 6 through 8. In sum, in summation, God disrobed himself of his glory and took on the form of a man to reach the human race with his revealed character in the person of Jesus Christ. 100% human and 100% divine, yet without sin. Jesus demonstrated his divine authority with his character and nature. He demonstrated he was Jehovah Rapha by healing the sick. Jehovah Jireh by breaking bread and providing enough food to supernaturally feed 5,000 men plus women and children. Jehovah Shalom by speaking peace be still to the winds and the waves and even the elements obeyed him. Jehovah Rohi Rohi, by being our shepherd. Jehovah Shammah with his abiding presence when he gave us the Holy Spirit to dwell with us forever. And Jehovah Sidkenu by dying on the cross for our sins that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your multifaceted name and nature we ask that you would reveal more of yourself to us that we might know you and become more like you your word declares in second corinthians chapter 3 verse 17 and 18 that we all with unveiled face are changed into the same image and likeness by the spirit of the lord we ask that you would change us into the image and likeness of your Son by the Holy Spirit as we abide in your presence and we look into your face and we're changed and our old nature falls off and the new nature arises so that what happened with Peter's shadow might happen with ours, that we would carry your name into the situation even if we never spoke a word. I'm reminded of a scripture, or I'm reminded of a, of, a, of a word that was given by an evangelist, a missionary. He said, preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. Empower us and enable us to be those who carry your love into the earth, for it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Empower us to heal the sick, to cast out devils, to cleanse the lepers, to raise the dead, and to preach the good tidings unto the less fortunate. And let it begin afresh today by your empowering spirit and your grace, we pray. In Jesus' name, those in agreement said, Amen. Amen. Well, I'm David. This is my lovely wife, Joanna. 
and we will see you next week. Actually, in next Kansas week, City. we're going to be in Kansas City this next week, preaching uh, a service in Independence, Missouri, Shekinah Glory Fire Ministries, and also Jubilee Ministry Center on Wednesday night, 6 p.m. And we'll be uh, doing a social media Facebook Live, and we'll also have it archived. Anyway, visit us on virtualchurchmedia.com. We love you with the love of the Lord. And remember, if an enemy spirit shows up in your bed with reddish-orange eyes, just remember, you can call on Jesus or take authority over him. Use the name. Release the nature of him that's on the inside of you to defeat him every time because greater is he that's in you than he that's within the world. For John 4.4, 4. God bless you.